congratulations, William, on your purchase of the Door DLC. There are no balls in Westworld. There are no swords in Westworld. But there's certainly a lot of gore. Later on, you'll have a nightmare filled with killer cowboy robots. But for now, it's time for boars, gore, and swords. I'm Red Scott. And I'm Ivan Hernandez. And this doesn't sound like anything to me. This, this is a Westworld podcast. We are covering season two, episode one of the greatest show on HBO right now, Westworld. Oh, it really is. And not just because they cleared their entire schedule because they know no one wants to watch anything but Westworld right now. So this is All I want to do is watch Westworld. That's all I want. This is Journey into I the Night. They have the audacity to make us wait a week. I can't do it, Red. It's I so can't do evil. It How in this modern era, like when we can just like slurp every every show at, at our at our need uh, just responding to our just base soak desire. In a show. Yes. You just Soaking it, oh, just just like a new host in a vat of milk. Oh, and there, there was so much milk in this episode. We're covering Journey into the Night, written by Lisa Joy and Robert Patino. Um, and I want to thank everybody who's joining us. If they, you know, haven't been around in the off season, uh, maybe they don't like general things; they like specific things. So I want, mm-hmm. for, just real briefly, I want everybody to know we have spun off our own po- our own podcast just on Westworld called "Doesn't Sound Like Anything to Me." As of the time of recording, you can find the episodes on iTunes, but not just this show. So if you search "Doesn't Sound Like Anything to Me," it'll show up. Please, as soon as you can, subscribe. Rate it, let people know, because especially when a show is new in its infantile form, it's when it's at its most vulnerable. It's going to be very infantile. It's when it's at its most vulnerable. If this is anything like the rest of the big-ass poo, let me tell you, it's going to be infantile. So I'd mean... Listen, I've been... I've been having a lot of anxiety over spinning off the podcast into its own separate feed. So please subscribe. Yeah. Please subscribe. It make I, me feel a lot better. We'd appreciate it if you would subscribe and rate. Thank you, yes. YouTubers. Subscribe and rate. Subscribe and rate. Subscribe and review. <laughs> All right. We're not going to spin this off into a new Twitter account because, my God, no. we've already built up enough there. Jesus. And and so, uh, I mean, before we can get into this episode, we have to know what happened previously on Westworld. So we just did a recap. So what I'm going to do in the interest of time is compress the entirety of the previously on Westworld into one single ultrasonic data scream. Please do. Here goes. Yeah. <laughs> and that was previously on Westworld. Oh my god, I was there. <laughs> the, when they started doing when they started the previously on, I was like, I need to get started. I can't do a full previously on for the entire season we just did an episode about. <laughs> so I can't do it. It takes two you what the listeners don't understand. Those previously ons are very technically uh, uh difficult to My write. god, the team we have writing that there's a lot of pausing. <laughs> so, you know, I, I was not going to do an, uh, a previously on for that entire three-minute clip show. Uh, so, um, by the way, Red, now yes. that we have finally watched the episode, yes. you can describe how you uh, the time you had at the uh, Westworld premiere. So, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to respond to your questions because I don't know what people are interested in. So, I got to see, uh, this is the second time I have seen... This episode, uh, HBO was nice enough to invite me to the San Francisco premiere of Westworld, which took place April 19th, I believe, four days before this episode aired. 
on on Wednesday of this week, and I got to see it at the Kabuki. It was amazing. Uh, I got to get pictures with Shannon Woodward and Simon Quarterman, <laughs> aka Elsie and Lee Sizemore, both of which who did not want to take a picture with me, but were very nice about taking a picture with me. <laughs> I have to give them. They did kind of have those faces that were like, "We're green to do this because they're influencers." Yeah, no, I mean, it was it was in the context. They were definitely like, "This is what we have agreed to do," but also like, "I would rather you didn't do this." <laughs> but you did it anyway, you black hat son of a bitch. Oh, you, you I know, know that me. you really wanted that black hat. Tell me why you got a white hat. So I'm so glad you asked because that is so. We went to the HBO after party where I'm not kidding. They had a 25 question. Um, uh, they 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 gave you the fallout uh fucking special meter uh determination uh quiz to figure out what you were. I mean, it's a modified personality survey. I'm blanking on the the like Aunt J like Myers Briggs. Yeah, it was a modified Myers Briggs survey. <laughs> and what <laughs> they 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 distilled it all down to black hats and white hats. Yeah, there's only two types of personalities. That's not that's binary. not what they did. They they distilled it to a, a bunch of different categories, and then you would. Take your category over to where they had the hats, and you would say, I am X, in my case, a homesteader, much like Maeve is. <laughs> um, and then, and then they would give you a hat. They got you perfectly. They got me as a homesteader. And here's the thing. So, uh, the homesteaders get black hats. Oh, oh, because, because manifest destiny and colonialism are evil. I got it. I'm sure. Very woke of you guys. <laughs> I'm sure that's what it was. Uh, uh, they get black hats, uh, unless, they're out of the largest size, which is what I wear. <laughs> the ultimate determination of moral character. Availability. In which case, they give you a white hat, because they still have some in the largest size available. <laughs> that is perfect. That's perfect. Because I, I knew, Red, I could tell you're a black hat. I'm a black hat. Because I'm baby. a white hat. I'm a white hat. <laughs> uh, I'm so fascinated. I'm the one who tries to fuck the robot. <laughs> is that what a white hat is? Yes! Didn't you learn anything from the first season of Westworld? I learned, no. A white hat is somebody who falls in love with and makes love to a robot. <laughs> yeah, when I say fuck, I mean fall in love with and make love to. Okay, then I'm clear. very gross, Red. I'm very gross then, and infantile. Then you're definitely a white hat, clearly so. Uh, Thank you. Um, this this premiere was amazing. I'm glad I got to see it two times. Yeah. Uh, how how bad was the Q&A? The Q&A was the worst thing I've ever seen in my Apparently, life. Apparently the Q&A for... The, 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 uh, Jonathan Nolan one was so bad that they shut it down after one question. Let me, let me put it, the, I, I don't, I, here's the thing. I want to go back next year. So let me, let me shut on this Q&A in the nicest way possible. Shannon Woodward, Elsie on Westworld, single-handedly saved the Q&A. <laughs> I do. I, she did. She did post something on her Instagram about like, sorry that I don't understand actual intelligence engineering, guys. She, she, like they asked her so many awful questions, and then she would just, without saying so, just acknowledge the question, and then tell an interesting story about working on Westworld or her personal <laughs> life. She's so good, and she's so good. And then, like the next the the next day when we were there, she posted a story. It was just like, "What a great Q and A! Loved everybody there, including all the people who took selfies with me." And I was just like, "What a hero! What a hero!" <laughs> she is fulfilling that obligation to do publicity for her project. Lee, some of those actors don't fulfill that obligation, but the, but these Westworld. Uh, by the way, by the way. Something I want to give a shout out to HBO 
and America's greatest white woman, Reese Witherspoon, uh, they fixed the pay disparities in all of their shows, and apparently uh, everybody, uh, all of the uh, female cast members, i.e. Uh, Evan Rachel Wood and uh, Tandy Newton, uh, are getting pay increases commensurate with that of uh, Ed Harris and Anthony Hopkins. Well done. Which, by the way, I feel like them saying that Anthony Hopkins is in the third season was somewhat of a spoiler. Yeah, I, I honestly, I hadn't heard that. I might remove that from this podcast. Um, and so, uh, so Simon Quarterman, who was also on the Q and A, Lee Sizemore, um, he was just so blown away by how bad the questions were. Where he was just like, I... <laughs> "He's English. They can't take it. They he... can't take it. They have that English face when you do something incredibly impolite to an English person, and they're like." I would normally shred you apart for saying such things in the <laughs> no, tradition of an Oscar Wilde type. He was much more of a Hugh Grant, sort of like bumbly, like, I, I, I don't know how to not say that that was the worst question I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> and, and, and then, again, Shannon Woodward rescued the whole thing repeatedly and at length. Oh, just a hero. Uh, it was great. Uh, we got, we got, we got hats. We got to keep the hats. I still have them here. Um, <laughs> they gave you a hat. That's that's what they t- don't tell you about this capitalism game, man. The second you hit on top, they give you everything you ever wanted. You wanted to buy a hat? They're just giving it to you now. That they had a man who was playing all of the uh, season one Westworld theme songs on a piano mm-hmm. the whole night. <laughs> Um, which I, I couldn't verify if he was or was not a host, but I have a video that I'm going to post of that now that it's the, the, the uh, season is released. They had some amazing brisket, probably the best brisket you can get in San Francisco, though I wasn't really? sure where it was from. Westwood oh. whiskey was great. I had a great time. There was a lot of great things. All right. Any other questions? I'm ready to get into no, this No, that's, that's basically everything that I was wondering right. about. La- last thing, just like a dumb – like clearly this was planned by a PR organization that is based in L.A., um, because they thought it was completely reasonable to have the viewing in in the Fillmore at the Kabuki Theater, and then have the after party for the same night um, in the Dog Patch four miles away. <laughs> That's such an LA thing. Yeah, they all they all assume that everybody's going oh, yeah. to get in Ubers or their friends' cars. And, and to their to their credit, yeah, they, they don't realize that four miles in San Francisco from uh, the Fillmore to the Dog Patch is what an hour and a half. I, I'm surprised they didn't plot. Uh, they didn't give us vac suits to get that far <laughs> out of the fucking atmosphere. But it was, it was it was amazing. It was so much fun to see it in a movie theater. I didn't have to deal with HBO now buffering. HBO now, what are you doing? <laughs> By the way, when you when uh, you re- I, I really built it up more in my head when uh, you were like they're going to recreate Sweetwater. I was like, oh, they're going to be trick shooting or fucking shit like that. But apparently, it was just brisket and liquor. Yeah, uh, which that honestly, they could get me with an amusement park that was just brisket and liquor. Yeah, no, it was amazing, and 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 yeah, I had a really good time. All right, let's get into it. So this is again season two, episode one, Journey into the Night. Uh, Somebody, how did you feel about this on the second viewing? Uh, be- better than I did the first viewing. So here, here's why. Oh, so you didn't feel good about it on the first viewing? I will say that like, I had just rewatched the entire first season. I had loaded it all up. And honestly, with how much happened in the first season, my, my intuition was that there would be a time jump. Mm-hmm. That we would sort of move forward and we would have kind of a completely different world. I really didn't expect that we would get anything immediately after the last episode 
Um, and well, so, they're doing something interesting in that they have uh, once again split the timeline. Uh, you can't uh, have just one timeline in Westworld, baby. Nah, baby, it's got to be multiple timelines. Uh, so now we're experiencing things uh, through Bernard's uh, failing uh, robot brain. Absolutely. Uh, um, and I mentioned, uh, sorry, sorry, I wrote down all of the effects that he has. Uh, when he's powering down. Oh yeah, I didn't even I didn't even bother to figure out what the other ones were. I, I it was what aphasia. Uh, so co- uh, cognitive dis loss of motor function, which we were seeing, his hands are shaking. Cognitive dissonance, time slippage, which is what we're viewing of him skipping uh, forward and backwards in time. Aphasia, which is the inability to understand speech. Prosopagnosia. Prosopagnosia, the inability to recognize the faces of familiar people, much like me when a woman has a different haircut. <laughs> You're like, I can't recognize her silhouette. This is very bad design. It's very confusing. Um, so I- I'm sure all of those will come up at some point in this season. Mm-hmm. And so we open up actually on Arnold. Arnold, not Bernard. We open up on Arnold and Dolores. And it's so weird to see them together. Like, I honestly thought we were done with the Arnold, I'm doing air quotes here, um, mm-hmm. construction. I, di- I didn't think we were going to go back to them in the same room. And it was, it was in the same way that, like, the first time you saw A New Hope, you were just like, come on, move it forward. But at the same time, you're like, this is fun. I miss this. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we got uh, a new title sequence uh, oh, yeah. as well. What did you yeah. think about the new title sequence? Uh, I think that they are uh, definitely doing a, a good job of reflecting what I believe are going to be the themes of the second season, right? Uh, which is dead kids, which is dead kids, and also buffaloes attacking everyone. Ah, oh, it's fucking great! It's all going to be fucking uh, cyber motherhood and buffaloes. Yes, that's all I want from the second season. And and I have to say that even though I was, it was I really enjoyed watching uh the the new theme all the way through in the movie theater uh that is the last time i will see it in its entirety i will also <laughs> be skipping it every single episode please please add us at boars gore swords if the title uh is actually worth watching going forward if they change anything because we will not see it otherwise oh no i will definitely have to see it because i'm watching on actual hbo baby. i don't understand <laughs> I got that cable box, baby. Uh, some other interesting things. Uh, oh, this is something that I do not believe we remarked about at any point whatsoever. Uh, the subtitles gave uh, Maeve's last name away, which I don't believe we had heard at any point anywhere in the series, and it's Malay. Maeve Malay. Yeah, a good alliterative name. It is you really a want a good alliterative name. That makes for a good robot. Yeah, no, that that's an interesting note. I... I, I I'll, I wonder if that's relate if that's just something they let slip or if it's related to her sort of becoming more human that they're just giving mm-hmm. her more more backstory and more of the trappings of being a guest in the park as opposed to being a host. Mm-hmm. Uh, some other interesting things: uh, Tessa Thompson gets upped to a series regular, uh, as does Big Lou Hertham. As does Big Lou Hertham, which so. Uh, probably might, might as well mention it early. The two characters that I was so excited about seeing, uh, that we did not see in this episode are Lou Oh, we Hertham. did see in this episode. We do see Lou in the, uh, when, when Bernard is having his weird, like, fucking big, uh, flashback montage. Uh-huh. We see, we see him, uh, shirtless being, like, uh, fucked around with or something, uh, uh I believe by Dolores or something. Oh. No, by Dolores. Oh, so we see Lou Hertham being like, like a flash him. of it. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. No, I missed that. I completely missed that. 
Yeah, in the in the big montage that has that has that has fucking uh Bernard with the submachine gun. Yeah, Bernard yeah. with the submachine gun. Um and also uh, we don't see Elsie. Yeah, we do not see Elsie either. Who is somebody uh, we saw sort of choked out in episode like six of season one, mm-hmm. but we I think everybody presumes she's coming back and she was at all the press events. So I that this is if you didn't listen to our season two refresher, the one dream that I had was that Elsie would appear at the end of the premiere episode and then she would be able to run down the the aisles of the movie theater just high fiving people, but that was <laughs> oh you you thought Shannon Woodward was gonna uh, stand up and yell that's me yeah I am the pretty face on the screen <laughs> I did uh, side note she also mentioned her father was one of the main developers on IBM's OS two which blew me away and was fascinating <laughs> and makes her by default my favorite actress I've ever seen <laughs> California people are so fucking weird to me <laughs> so uh, also. They got a scars guard. Mm-hmm. They picked up a scars guard. They absolutely did. So, uh, I mean, this is skipping ahead. Let's 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 get to that. Let's start going through this chronologically, mm-hmm. as we would normally do, as we are going to do for the rest of the season. Yeah. So, uh, we, this uh, is Arnold was, and Dolores. I, Arnold and Dolores. Let's focus in on this scene. I was just happy to see old folksy Dolores back. <laughs> we haven't seen her be folksy and populist in a while. What when she's folksy and populist, doesn't it feel sarcastic to you in a little bit? Like she's it, just pandering. It feels like a, it feels like an English actor doing an American accent. <laughs> like, I think you people are stupid. You're, you're like, like, shut up, McNulty. I know you don't think a lot of me. <laughs> exactly. Dominic West is the best because he sounds like such an, uh, uh-huh. a dumb, uh, fucking thick-headed American. His impression of what an American sounds like is very insulting. It's so insulting. I love it so much. So Arnold talks about a dream that he's had where you'd left me behind. The waters were rising around me. Um, and, and so what do you think about the, the construction? What is real? That which is irreplaceable and which my first thought was early outs forum culture. Like we're not going to get those. <laughs> oh, I not would get love back. to return to that, that easy board kind of life that fucking, nothing would make me happier than to go back to a fucking, uh, just, uh, managing a C panel fucking just being able to, to, to just being able to go, Hey mods. Mods, please delete. Just being able to go to those PHP BB boards where you ah. weren't allowed to search unless you were logged in. Like, that's the sign of integrity. It, it, it really is. I don't respect any site that lets you search without uh, logging you in first. But, I mean, it's, it feels like actually an extremely abstract idea that does not resonate with me at all. Uh, I, I, I loved when Dolores was like, what is real? And Arnold was like... All right, so there's this guy named Oliver Sacks. <laughs> Went on for a while. I, I think they're going to end up doing LSD. I, I, I mean, I, we don't know what happens when the hosts do LSD. I assume they just become really great programmers. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, yeah, he says uh, irreplaceable, you know, like a dead child. Yes, that, those yeah, are the it's most all real. Fucking, it's all, yeah, I, 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 that's the part of this that, you know, uh, resonates with me the least because I am not a father. Uh, as far and, as you know, I'm absolutely sure that I am not a father because every single time I have had unprotected sex for about nine months afterward, I stalk that Facebook page. <laughs> that's 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 very honest. Thank you, thank you. Not enough people admit that. There's there's nine months where I'm like, all right, we got to look for that bump. If we don't see that bump, we're in the clear. 
So Dolores calls him on his shit, which is that it's not completely honest. And we get a an interesting where Arnold says, "You frighten me. Why would you be frightened of me? I am adorable." <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "Because it seems like you want to kill me right now." And yeah. she says, "An interesting." So this is an interesting back and forth where he's he's interested in the path that she might take. And at this point, we. Assuming this is not some implanted memory in Bernard, which it always could be because it's Westworld, um, like he's not implanting the Wyatt narrative in her. Like this is just the rancher who's sort of dealing with her present reality. And so yeah. the fact that he's afraid of what that version of Melora's, Dolores Wyatt might do is sort of an interesting idea of what he thinks consciousness will provide for the host in the park. Yeah. And also, we have to remember that while they are programming what they assume to uh, be is the way the human mind works, uh, it's based on their own internal biases because right. no programming is entirely neutral. You know, no. when he's like, yeah, dreams don't mean anything. It's like, no, dreams mean a ton of things. And I know because I constantly have dreams that have emotional and symbolic resonance to me. <laughs> and it's very clear and it's very easy to recognize. Uh, we also get. Uh with sort of a flashback from Bernard, who's asking as a, an overlay, is this now? Which is something that Dolores says in the first season when she's struggling with remembering things. And as we've discovered in the first season, when the hosts remember things, uh, unlike humans who have sort of a degradation, so they can tell it's a memory because it's fuzzy and and it's not as real. Hosts have 100% recall. So when they remember things, they're really taken back to that moment. Mm -hmm. And... And so presumably it's Bernard sort of transporting himself back and forth in time uh, yeah. as he remembers something specific. And then Bernard uh, wakes up in the ocean. Yeah, uh, there's actually uh, in uh, Arnold talking to Dolores uh, when he goes, I dreamt I was on an ocean. I think that the ocean is going to be, you know, one of the big uh, metaphor slash literal things. Uh, that we're going to be dealing with, i.e. some sort of ocean of consciousness of some sort, uh, and also the literal ocean that we are seeing at the end of the episode. And also the actual ocean that we see that's full the of The actual bodies. ocean! There's a literal ocean that we're also dealing with here. Spoilers if somebody is just listening to the episode minute by minute and then hearing if what we're thinking about. If you are it. listening to us while watching this episode at the same time, I can honestly say... You should just get some cardboard, cut out our little heads, paste this on top of your TV. Yes, just let it MST3K this shit. <laughs> you, me, and the Zoom R16 right in the middle. A, a lot of people don't know that we're doing this like minute for minute, that this can be substituted <laughs> over the actual dialogue of what's happening. <laughs> the amount of scripting that goes into this, it's incredible. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. So Bernard wakes up in the ocean, which I, I, I do, if you have not had a chance, look up the Westworld Reddit Rickroll that they did, um, which, I mean, I've, at this point, it's not a spoiler, which started with Bernard waking up in the ocean, this scene, um, and then went to Dolores and not, not the actress's name is Angela, um, Clementine, the character Clementine, mm -hmm. who sing Never Gonna Give You Up on a piano, which they recorded specifically for the Reddit AMA, and it's hilarious, followed by 22 minutes of an adorable dog sitting on a piano bench, which is just its own reward. Good for them. It I'm was, glad that some social media fucking some some uh, intern got paid to edit some clips. It good was the them. best. It was super good. <laughs> and and like uh, I, I so I was I'm actually I don't understand. Some people were mad about that. 
that he was just like, here's like, we've just decided to outline season two so that like we can talk about the real it, issues. Wasn't it on? Wasn't it on April Fool's Day? It was not on April Fool's Day. It was pretty close to it though. Okay. Um, and it was it was just one of those things that like. I, I was just like, no, that's a bad idea. And then they did this, and I was like, this is a great idea. And a lot of people were like, we're very insulted that they had been tricked by the show's creator. <laughs> and it's like, listen, pranks can be fun. This was a I, very fun prank. I, I loved it. The, I, putting that amount of effort into a fandom sub-community is, like, is, is a very deep sign of respect. That's how I view it. I honestly view I'm, it that way. I'm going to maintain my opinion that all pranks are always bad in every situation. I th- that's not a prank that hurts anybody. No, that's that, I feel like yeah, but that's that is the perspective of somebody who's deeply insecure, and I think we can agree on that. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely deeply insecure. Yeah, no, there's uh, no no kidding. Are you ki- fucking? I hate all pranks because they <laughs> upset my meager uh, little world that I pushed up for myself. Self validate. If, if you if you pull that one little Jenga fucking out from under my life, it goes collapses completely, and that's <laughs> what pranks are. Pranks are just pushing that little Jenga brick out of the, <laughs> its slot. So we have we see Ashley Stubbs who say who pulls Bernard out of the ocean. So, um, yeah. Uh, 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 yeah, and Stubbs is like, uh, Tide's coming in. Award-winning character actors all over the beach. There's John Goodman, everybody. There's Margot Martindale. <laughs> That'd be so good. Um, and we get these great, uh, I was very sad when I first saw this Commando woman. I was like, is that Kima Greggs? But it was not. <laughs> no, we get, uh, this, I love stupid fucking tactical military stuff. What do you and mean? This is stupid, such good, so stupid good. bullshit tactical military stuff. There's nothing I love more than that. Everybody in fucking video games has dune buggies. Uh, I did. Everybody I, in video games loves armored dune buggies. There's nothing people in video games love to transport themselves in more than armored dune buggies. I had no idea this was a crossover with a Halo series. I know it's such a fucking warthog. It's amazing. Uh, all of them are dressed like a uh, fucking uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare characters. It's such the generic private military company uh, uh, costume. Uh, I love it. And uh, also, I love the cards uh, because that's oh, an yeah. stupid fucking thing that they do. Is that a thing that happens? Yes. Anytime that they send like private military soldiers into like a war, like they did that a lot Black in the Middle East. Exactly. Literally, exactly. They would have, you know, playing cards with these are the people who's, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, you know, former Iraqi military officials, uh, that we need to, uh, capture and torture because we're fucking, uh, XE slash Blackwater, the worst people who ever lived. So, yeah, Bernard is listed as high priority, which he is mm-hmm. treated as such. And it yeah, and they don't know he's a robot. They don't no. know he's a robot. That, that, that was something. So the two things when I saw it, when I saw the premiere on a movie screen, there were two things, uh, which was one, uh, I did not get to see the subtitles, so I had no idea what 20% of people were saying. Anybody, anybody who talked mumbly. I was just like, what? Wait, what? I need, sorry, could you, could, does somebody have, what was, I'm sorry? <laughs> yeah, you like speaking into a remote control in the yeah, theater. Yeah. Turn on subtitles. Uh, yeah. And, and nobody would go along with it. And so, and I saw that and, uh, and second, I couldn't pause things, so I was just like, I saw that he was a high priority, but I wasn't able to see, like, I was like, are these cards, like, hosts that are supposed to be targets? And no, they're just high priority people that they might find on the beach. Like, mm-hmm. she's not trying to actually murder him, necessarily. Yeah. They're just high priority, in a generic sense. Yeah. 
Uh, we find them executing robots, and you can't just go and. Are you just gonna walk past a, the a character cool... actor and Grand Theft Auto star Stephen Ogg? You can't just execute him. Are you Are you just gonna walk past the cool 3D holograph that they threw in for no reason? <laughs> uh, also, we find out some very interesting world building stuff. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, wait apparently, wait, wait. We're introduced to Carl Strand, Gustav Skarsgård, head of operations, brother of. <clears throat> The Swedish Baldwins, Alexander Skarsgård, Sam Skarsgård, <laughs> Bill Skarsgård, Elijah Skarsgård, and Walter Skarsgård. These Skarsgårds have such a good thing going right now. Yeah. Especially with HBO. These Skarsgårds are killing it on HBO. I, I have to know. Just tweet at us at Boris Swords. Are they the Swedish Baldwins or, or the Swedish Wayans Brothers? I'm very curious what people think. <laughs> It's, it's something we need to find out. <laughs> I, 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 I do love their uh, Swedish production in Living Colorless. <laughs> oh, I wanted you to spit out that water. <laughs> it was coffee. <laughs> uh, so uh, we find out some very interesting world building. Uh, apparently, uh, Westworld is somewhere off of the coast of China. Uh, and they bought... Yeah, they bought an island in the middle of the uh, 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 Pacific, uh, somewhere off the coast of China, apparently. So I missed the specificity of that. I might have been staring at the hologram 3D, but so what did they say that... It was those Chinese officials uh, who come in and they're arguing at uh, with a Skarsgård. Okay. uh, And then he's like, yeah, we just, we bought this island. We own it, all right? (laughs) Make them leave. Oh, so so it's based on the nationality of those... Of those people yes. who own the okay, interesting, yeah, which not that surprising, but we're on planet Earth, which is yeah, news we did not know uh, remotely where we were, right? Uh, we did not know what had happened to the rest of the planet, uh, yeah, and now we definitively know that they are on an island, yes, yes, that there are beaches, there's oceans, island, 100% confirmed. Mm-hmm. Oh, and this Skarsgård is the one who played uh, Loki in Vikings, oh, yeah, I, which Vikings is, I mean, we we loved, I did you keep with Vikings? Fuck no, it's peak television. It's There's peak so television. much TV to watch. There's a lot it's to watch. peak television. I, I, I got back on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, and then I had to get back off because it quickly, once again, got way too real for my life. Yeah, the thing about Crazy uh, Ex-Girlfriend is somebody like both of us is that we're the exact age where all the references hit too hard. We, it's, it's, it's too, it's too real. It's too real and something i want to mention is if you are just catching if you're just coming back to us uh, after a hiatus please go back to the main boys gore seeds check out counterpart stars counterpart yes. that show is so good please listen to that enjoy it watch it it's an amazing science fiction show that has no business being on a uh, network like stars and, a, and you a know what degenerate network like stars <laughs> guys Go to our Patreon. Yeah. There's so much content. So many people uh, who have given money to the Patreon have posted uh, and been like, I didn't know there was so much content here. While they are bathed in our beautiful golden content. There's so much content. There's so much content. So go to patreon.com slash Swords. Swords. So I have to say, so now we get we get Carl and Bertrand and weird fancy clubbing guy. I don't know what his name is. But they go, their, their process for interrogating... The deceased host is very gross. Oh yeah, and and here's the thing about here's the thing about uh, Carl Strand. Uh, it's very hard to walk intimidatingly on a sandy beach and d- dress clothes. <laughs> you really look like you're struggling there. It's not you're not able to power walk around like you would in an office. So they scalp the host. This is so interesting to learn about the internal process of the host. I believe that there was. 
uh, an interview in which Lisa Joy said definitively uh, the robots are all human, basically, except for the fact that they have a CPU uh, in their brain. Right. Uh, so now we finally get to see the CPU in their brain, and it's very interesting. So one thing that, I mean, uh, I I had forgotten all the, I have forgotten all the details about it, but one thing that they talk about is the way the human brain works is we get the outer layer, which is like the very, like, curly part, is, is the most important part of being a human, and they still have that part on top of their CPU core, which suggests yeah. to me that they, you know, that the, they have sort of the base instincts... And the memories and stuff are recorded in the CPU core, but uh, I, I, I want my my belief is that they're they're still interfacing with the higher levels of the human brain tissue that's on the outside. My interpretation of it is that the you know the uh, wrinkly uh, lobe parts are basically there for show in case you do want to scalp a host. Uh, why not both? Yeah. Why not both? Well, what? Well, we're neither, neither neither of us are showrunners, and I believe unlike counterpart, yeah. we are not in a position to force ourselves to executive producer credits. No, we almost have more listeners on our counterpart podcast than the show, but we we don't have hope for that on Westworld. There's uh, more. We don't. We don't. We don't have more. We don't have Westworld numbers. I no. wish we were doing Westworld numbers. <laughs> we might be able to get PA credits. I do. We have might to, be able to intern a few days on Westworld. The Foley work. On I'm the- showing my dick. I interned in Westworld for one day. I'm getting my dick on screen. <laughs> you're gonna get you're gonna get Shannon Woodward to you're trying to get, get Shannon Woodward to say your talents would be appreciated in a different arena. <laughs> That's all I wanted to say. That's all. That's the only reason I keep DMing her. Don't, don't DM I Shannon. Don't, I, don't, don't do I never DM anybody. You know that. <laughs> so. Uh, the Foley work on the peeling back of the brain, I'm going to describe oh, this is, as this is some excessive. Great stuff. It's, it's just, so good. It's just literally like, and, and the fucking the fucking little brain hook thing. I don't like. I it. love the little brain hook thing that you stick into the to the brain egg. And so, so they're they're able to sort of plug the brain egg into also, the iPad Pro. You don't blow on your brain egg. That's an urban myth. Yeah. It actually doesn't help the brain egg It doesn't egg help anything, no. It really doesn't. If anything, you need to clean off the contacts, but air's not going to do anything. Ah, you need some nice rubbing alcohol. Exactly. Nice so they, they, they're, they're basically able to review that host's memories, wherein they see mm-hmm. Dolores goes after the Native American host and says, not all of us deserve to make it to the Valley Beyond, which is the worst kind of white feminism. <laughs> no, she's recognizing that there are problematic stereotypes that need to be left in the past. You hear that? Simpsons writer's room. I I, I mean, I, the one thing that I've been most concerned about is how they're going to handle the ghost nation in season two. And it didn't even occur to me that they would continue to ignore the ghost nation. <laughs> they're just going to throw them in the ocean. We need to get rid of these problematic stereotypes. Ugh. I mean, which is like on one hand great, but also like how about have them have some, you know, redemption, be seen as human beings, <laughs> like entire they're humans. Not, they're not human beings. They're, that is precisely the point. Ah, yeah, I feel like you didn't even see the first season. <laughs> uh, so uh, uh, I, I, do, I really didn't know whether or not she's killing them because they're stereotypical, uh, because... It could be literally the reason is that they are stereotypes and she doesn't want uh, the human's perceptions of racial stereotyping uh, to be brought to her next world in the Valley Beyond or whatever. That'd be an interesting take. I mean, I honestly hope they take that swing. It doesn't mm-hmm. seem 
I, I haven't seen anything from this production that would make me think that they would be that woke, but I would love to see it. I'm I'll see here, it. Here's hoping. Yeah. Uh, Ivan Hernandez, producer credit. Let's do this. Aha, I wish. I wish. So we flack, flash back to right after the party where the shooting yeah, uh, started. We are, we are told that it has been uh, 11 days and nine hours. Yes. 11-9, European, never forget. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. That's exactly what 11-9, European, never forget. Um, so Bernard, we have Bernard Charlotte Hale. I'm going to yeah. describe him as an actor who kind of looks like Kevin's dad from Home Alone. <laughs> and some and, red and shirts. You, you can't kill Tessa Thompson. Not when her star is on the rise. No. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, also, I really like that you can tell it has been two years uh, because uh, in between scenes, uh, Tessa Thompson has gotten a uh, Marvel heroine body. <laughs> yeah, she's just got those strong arms and like those abs sticking out uh, from her uh, dress. It's like, oh, this is this is nice. This is nice. So I didn't do a full sort of live tweet of my re-watching of season one. But one thing I did tweet is my number one dream for season two is that there's less people sloppily drinking milk. No, baby! People just out here drinking entire fucking liters of milk. There's nothing I love more. And listen, I'm going to say this even as somebody who, to this day, I, I drink way too much more milk than any adult should be allowed to drink. If somebody drinks milk, they're definitely gross and evil. <laughs> they're so gross. It's so gross and evil. Yeah, especially be drinking milk. And it's worse if you're drinking milk. it out of a glass milk bottle. I don't know why. Those are just oh, the rules. There's nothing better to drink milk out of it. Stop it. It's so it. good to have that glass touch your lip. And then just that milk running down your chin and getting all stuck in your bloody uh, Western clothing. I, I don't care what you're doing while you have a bunch of captured people in, people in your slaughter room. But I don't. <laughs> I'm the milkman. <laughs> And that's that's my serial killer gimmick. I, do you know how mad I am that I looked up the character that he's playing? Because he's apparently going to be around Rebus. That's Rebus drinking the milk. He's around in the first <laughs> season. He's Rebus, back in the I second. love Rebus. I hate Rebus. Rebus is my least favorite host. Oh, he, is Rebus Stephen Ogg? Yes, Stephen Ogg is Rebus. I love it. I love it. He's the best. You can't shoot a woman. <laughs> Rebus is one of those characters that, like, I sh- if I ever saw him, as a as a grown adult, I would approach him and I'd be like, "You're an incredible actor," because I still don't want to be anywhere near you. <laughs> He's so great as playing a creep in any role he plays. He right. was really great as the creepy uh, Laka Smith in Broad City. And did you not? So going back to the sort of red shirts who are hanging out with Bernard and Hale, did you like that investor? Looks like John Hurd. I just kept imagining him <laughs> leaving Kevin on a plane. Am I am I insane? <laughs> No, he definitely had the I'm just a classic white dad look. <laughs> um, they, and, and, and Red, I got to say, I hate when somebody kills an NPC. How am I supposed to turn in this quest? <laughs> you just wait an hour, Ivan. You just wait an I hour. I can't. I can't. I need to get back to Ultrag Valley. <laughs> they beat the shit out of the stable hand who just wants to help them ride to the green pastures of the Valley of Beyond. He probably could have ended this whole season before it started. I know that. How many people could have gotten out of that situation by just going, let's, hey, hey, let's hear this robot who isn't immediately trying to kill yes. us out. Yeah. Yes. Instead, they they took the human way out, which is to murder the robot and run. I'm trying to remember, in this whole episode, is he the only host that we're supposed to believe is still innocent? And if so, like... Bernard? Or the the, the, the stable item. boy? It's, it's interesting because a lot of them don't seem to be mass aware 
uh, of the uh, what is happening. Uh, the only ones who we've seen to you know be on their own paths are the ones who are you know uh, following uh, Dolores, right? Uh, which are all of the uh, the Wyatt followers and Teddy. Uh, we see Bernard, who I believe is supposed to end up hooking up with uh, Dolores's group at some point. Uh, and then we just see generally a lot of like one-off hosts malfunctioning, like the one that Maeve encounters, yeah, and like some who seem to just still be going on their way. But it's interesting because this one is repeating, you know, the uh, flavor text for the Valley Quest, right? Which yeah. is is kind of kind of surprising. It doesn't really jive with me with the rest of the world as it currently well, exists. It could be offering them the Valley Quest, which they are supposed to be going on. Ah, man! And instead, they fucking killed the robot and didn't take the quest, and right. now they're fucked. I mean, yeah, this is why Home Alone is a movie because he didn't take the quest that he was supposed to. <laughs> you didn't take the quest, and you le- left your kid, you piece of shit. <laughs> uh, well, well, so one of the one of the defining characteristics of season one is the player piano playing nineties, uh, hits and, yeah, and, and sound garden radio head, your classic 15 year old boy in the late nineties, uh, music. And it very much breaks that by playing the entertainer, but, 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 and I love that they followed it up with Baby Elephant Walk. <laughs> I really think it played to the scene straight. Henry Mancini is a genius. He's so good. He's so good. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, all it said to me is the music budget really ran out. All Scott Joplin going forward. <laughs> all non-copyrighted ragtime music. It's all ragtime, baby. It's all public domain. It's all co- uh, Creative Commons. We're going to see a lot of Creative Commons licensed music. And then during which we see a montage of Dolores looking real aggro and shooting presumably guests in the back. Dallas Investors. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, she's straight up executing human beings. I, I, oh, I, love, I love when she's like, do you know where you are? You're in Westworld, baby! <laughs> You're gonna die! <laughs> that, that was a surprisingly good Axl Rose impression. Thank you, I'm from New Jersey. <laughs> um, but, so we get the, the flashback. I, I want to ask, am I the only one who just at some point it just clicked for me? And I decided that every Delos investor is someone from house of cards like I, <laughs> every Dallas investor is an actor or actress from house of cards in my, in my mind no, no sorry is a character from house of cards not an actor or actress but it's 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 all remy and jacqueline and like they're just all running around like i didn't realize that my that my beliefs could catch up with me i i really think that that guy would have actually made it out of the park if he dropped all of his ribs <laughs> freddie why did you keep holding those ribs did you did you have okay? So we we've gotten to the scene now where Dolores and Teddy are sort of playing with the Delos investigators. And here's the thing, I can't say that the humans don't deserve it. No, I can't say that the humans deserve it, but I can't say that they don't deserve it. And here here's my here's my question for you: um, Was there a single line that made you cringe the most in this whole episode? I ah uh, here's the thing. I feel like when the we do a robot repeating their uh, protocol and like uh, catchphrases and stuff, yeah, uh, you kind of need to pull back a little bit on it. Yes, especially in the first episode like this, and especially uh, in this scene. Uh, but you know, I don't know. I thought I thought it was playing a bit much, a bit too far from the more subtle notes of the previous season. Uh, but that could also be what they are intentionally going for. We have to remember that you know some of the robots are still 
running on subroutines of programming, like when Maeve uh, repeats a line that, uh, yeah. what's his name, wrote for her. So, you know, they aren't completely free of acting on, uh, you know, their previous subroutines and whatnot, which traps them into sometimes being cliche video game characters. Uh, yeah, no, but, I mean, getting to the specific line, I have one last role to play. Me. I vomited both times I heard it. <laughs> I mean, I... Uh, I I don't know, because I love the character of, like, I'm of several minds about it, and she just switches between the Wyatt and the farm girl and, like, Dolores Pure, and we're like, oh my god, she's a triple-faced death goddess. She's both the comedy and tragedy mask. <laughs> and, uh, so, and we also hear something that I, the first time through, it's sort of been his character, but Teddy has been... Teddy in the first season is just astoundingly dumb. Mm-hmm. Astonishingly dumb. Oh, just like there's classic James Marsden. Yeah. No, you could not find a better James Marsden role. Like ranking all the hosts, you know, at the top you have Maeve and then Bernard and then, you know, Dolores. And then there's like 50 more. And then there's like the rattlesnake, the rattlesnake, the rattlesnake then right. the te- uh, Teddy, then Teddy. Exactly. Yeah. And so, like, when he was just dumb in the first season, I was like, oh, that's the thing. But now that he's around, do you think it's going to pay off? Do you think he's ever going to stand up to Dolores? Do you think he's going to take an arc that's separate from her? Or, or is it, I mean, is Teddy the damsel? I think that Teddy might be the damsel in this situation. I know that when, when, when Dolores is really going heavy, he's giving her the look that it's like, oh, no, my, my girlfriend joined the Democratic Socialists of America, and I'm a centrist! <laughs> It's like, this isn't my revolution. Yeah, he's just like, I just wanted us to be together and go to where the mountains meet the sea. (laughs) I didn't go in for this universal basic income stuff. Uh, Yeah, it was, it's interesting. I, it's something that in the first season, I sort of, I didn't expect James Marsden to come back or play a larger Mm -hmm. part in their plans. And now that he's around, I I realized, I, I suspect that that will pay off at some point. I feel like, Dolores is going to end up basically using Teddy the way humans use uh, the host mm. uh, to basically, you know, be an object for her to take out her emotions on. Interesting. I mean, yeah, that, yeah, that would make a lot of sense. And I think that'd be really interesting for Dolores as a character, uh, though, you know, not the most complimentary because, after all, she is human. <laughs> I I will admit, uh, I did laugh when she dropped the, doesn't look like anything to me, even though it was a stupid line. Uh, I, I, this is almost literally the name of our podcast, dummy. <laughs> I know. I, 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 uh, it's a good line. I just thought it was uh, laying on the uh, uh, use of catchphrases against her captors uh, too thick too early on. I feel like it's actually one of those things that if we hadn't just rewatched the season, we would have been like cheering from our couches. Uh, uh, we, we do have to remember, we did just reabsorb 10 hours of this show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think most people probably did a backflip when she said it. <laughs> and I, everybody loves a callback. Everybody it, loves exactly. a callback. And by the way, you, how humans are so fucking dumb. Right. You never yell, it's just a game at the robot you've been literally using your financial power to oppress. No. How, how about you shout out, uh, I now realize that I should have respected you and treated you better. Not <laughs> your life is a game. Your life is a fiction that I've been shitting I, upon. 
with my superiority. Like, it doesn't seem like a good strategy, is all I'm saying. Yeah, yell like, I've developed good emotional boundaries now. That might work. Yeah. That might help you. Don't, Yelling, it's just a game, isn't going to help. Your life is a falsity and has no value to me. <laughs> That's literally what they're yelling at her. It's not a great thing to be yelling. It's really not. We get the wolf casually trotting through the bodies in the dug-up village. I don't know what to call the dug-up village. Does it have a name? I, I, I believe we got a name at some point. Sure. But, you know, I'm not going to remember. Well, let's call it the city from right the sands. It's got alliteration. <laughs> ah, you fucking idiot. Hey, this is, this is a show where we have people walking around saying, um, that doesn't look like anything to me. And also, um, it's just a game. So I'm not. <laughs> so we get the man in black rising. Um, and I have pulled to say, a classic hide under the bodies. Uh, yeah. W- well done for him. Worked, worked very well. I do have to say though that, you know, I assumed that both Anthony Hopkins and, uh, Ed Harris were both going to be gone in season two just because they're both such notable actors. And I mean, I- to be fair, this is a big enough show. Uh, that, you know, it seems like something that they would definitely clear their schedules for. And we still, we still don't exactly know how much, uh, Anthony Hopkins we're getting. I assume because, you know, we did at least get, uh, the, uh, Ford, uh, kid. Uh, we are at least going to hear his voice more. Right. So we're, yeah. we're going to hear his voice more, but also it's like, I found it, his arc so satisfying in season one that I would have been fine with him not coming back, even though I do kind of like where he's taking it in season two. And it does seem to be a natural progression of where he went in season one. He's like, I want to park with stakes. And it's like, uh, uh, some part of me is just like, why don't you just go to war? (laughs) Nah, man, he's got to enable that permadeath DLC. Um, Important notes. His horse's name is Ned. That's Ned. That's so cute. And by, by the way, I really, I really loved uh, when uh, the man in black and the horse uh, and the wolf lock eyes, and the wolf goes, "Don't worry about it, man. I'm just on my way to the Game of Thrones set." <laughs> yeah. Um. And and also, why is he still credited as the man in black instead of William? Like, are they still trying to prevent people from spoilers who are binging it late? Like, what is? Ah, uh, who knows? They also. I don't think call... anybody refers to him as the man in black in the episode. No, literally, I, uh, uh, he is actually referred to as Bill a few times. Yeah, by Tiny Robot calls him William, <laughs> and um, he uses one host. Oh right, uh, and also his investor buddy. Which good job. Yeah, on the guy's you. like, hey Bill, what the fuck is happening? Bam! And he's like, these year over year returns are just going to be headshot. <laughs> Um, and he uses one host as a human shield, shoots the other, slits a neck. Uh, frankly, he's having the time of his life. Oh, he he's doing great. He's like, still got it, even in a suit. Ooh, here's my starting weapons. He literally got the fucking basic level one pistol and knife. I, I was disappointed it wasn't just a chainsaw. I, I wanted him to have a wooden sword. <laughs> Nothing but, like one of those terrible wooden swords you get at the start of every RPG. And of course, I, I don't know why... It surprised me, but he somehow seems, I guess he just didn't take his hat off much in season one, but he seems more aggressively bald and the tufts of hair on the side just seemed like they were sticking (laughs) out even further. It has been two years. It was very comforting that he put on the uh, hat. Wait, you you said two years. I thought it was 11 days. (laughs) In the real world, buddy. In the real world. Things are irreplaceable. Oh, okay. So... We get the camera 
show so the camera shows the mesa which is holds all of the westworld backstage and also the mesa gold bar we see the dead text in the hallways and we see lee lee sizemore our buddy the storyteller uh the creator of the horroboros is running away from the cannibal he created which is yeah. if you've just watched season one actually kind of terrifying because you know that dude just like eats live people fresh <laughs> oh and he even uses the stupid line uh that sizemore programs into him about yeah. the i like my victims moist <laughs> Because he knows how gross people find it when he used the word moist. <laughs> exactly. And then we got Tandy Newton, a treasure. I love her so much. Tandy Newton. Um, uh, I, re- I read the most upsetting article by Tandy Newton. Oh, oh is it the one about uh, uh, Me Too basically not wanting her? No, that wasn't the one. That would also be traumatizing. It was pretty. It was pretty upsetting. <laughs> Apparently, uh, she, you know, offered her services to this campaign as uh, somebody who, you know, has uh, spoken out about sexual abuse in the entertainment industry before, and they were basically like, "No thanks, not a big enough name." What was there? Oh, that's what they said. It. That's what she said. She was like, "Yeah, they wanted me because I w- They didn't want me because I wasn't a big enough name, even in my career renaissance." And which I just imagine Tandy Newton saying that in like the most catty British way possible. Yeah, ah, so good. She, smoking a cigarello. Yeah, exactly with a little, with a, a holder. Yeah, I always imagine her with a cigarette holder, even if I, though I don't know if she smokes. The article that I read was actually about how they asked her about the nude scenes in season one, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was simultaneously heartwarming and horrifying. And she was like, they treated me so well that it made me realize how badly I had been treated in earlier times. And oh. I had, and she's like, I actually just like started crying, realizing how badly I had been treated on previous sets up until that point, oh, which, which is simultaneously oh. like, Oh, that's nice to hear that this wasn't an ex- exploitative working environment but also like oh oh no tandy yeah yeah no she's definitely spoken out about abuse in the uh industry before which it is pervasive there is oh there's nothing but creeps in this fucking entertainment industry it's just garbage up and down yeah it's so it's it's very exciting that she's back love her in the show i mean honestly if she has to be like forget about where people are built she has to be the number one people are watching this show if you made it to season two I mean, Tandy Newton as Maeve is all you need to give a shit about. Yeah, she's the best. And I'm glad that we really spend, like, the most time with her in this episode. And can I... So, somebody that... There, there is, for me anyway, there's just a history of characters who are extremely annoying when I first meet them, becoming <laughs> some of my like favorite Sizemore? characters. And like, I love Lee Sizemore now. Like, he's so dumb and bad, and I find it hilarious and entertaining. Like, I love, and him and Maeve as a, like a buddy cop situation is my favorite thing that I didn't know I wanted. I'm I'm glad when a show does the complete uh, reshuffling of the status quo for every character and like hooks different characters up from different parts of the story. Yeah. Uh, in ways that are new. Uh, and I like the addition of uh, Sizemore to the uh, Maeve uh, Eschaton duo. Yeah, it's it's so good. So they make their way into security, yeah. which was set oh, off. And I love that they are making her do the updated map quest. Yes! There's nothing I love more than the, you have to get the new updated map from this place quest. So also, I did not realize, it's, it's, a, it's just a subtle thing, it doesn't really matter, but if you've seen the Westworld movie, and then you watch season one, the scene in which security gets the doors closed on them, and then everybody inside is killed, 
is a reference to what happens in the movie Westworld when they close mm-hmm. off security. And I think, I believe they suck all the air out of it. I don't know if they just slaughter people. Yeah. But uh, all, all, the, all the scientists and security people die, um, which is interesting. And also, I want to mention this because in the, in the interim, I'm sure a lot of people who love this show felt no need to go back to the early movies, which I do understand. Um, and honestly, the first Westworld movie, though a lot of people have fond memories of it, is very simple. They don't even deal with host sentience, and it's very cheap uh, production values. Mm-hmm. Most of the inspiration for the Westworld show, and this goes into season two, is Future World, the mm-hmm. second Westworld movie, which even the people who remember the first world movie fondly do not like. <laughs> Everybody, oh, yeah. it's not a good movie. It's not a good movie, but it's. I think it's worth watching if you're interested in this world um, because there's a lot of details like, I don't know, scraping the host, uh, the guest DNA to use for nefarious purposes that are yeah! clearly mentioned as a plot point in Future World. And, and a lot of different elements of Future World, including, you know, the greater worlds that expand outside of Westworld, it's it's clearly where a lot of the ideas came from that they then developed into something that didn't suck. Yeah, this doesn't suck. No. It's great. Yeah. And I, I'm just sad that we lost, in this uh, scene, our greatest character, Robot Bear. Robot We're Bear! never going to see Robot Bear! So something that's alluded to both in the theme with the buffalo and throughout the whole episode is that the animals play a big part. Like we also had the vulture in the mm-hmm. promo that was using standing next to the man in black's hat um, or, or just maybe a generic black hat. We don't know. But clearly the animals are going to play a bigger part in season two. And I'm curious how that can be done in a compelling fashion. Like the only thing I can imagine is more of a horror fashion where it's like the animals are against us. Um, but maybe uh, maybe the animals can be smart, this, and they, they can start talking to us. Why not? They've got probably the same processing units. I just want to see Maeve commanding a robot army of animals. It's very likely. I, I'm pretty sure it's what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he mentions that... Uh, also, hey, I'm, I'm going to make another prediction. Please. Uh, I think that uh, when they find Maeve's daughter, we are going to find out that they have uh, basically given her to a new family. Obviously. So does she? Kill and she's that? going to have to be like, "Oh no, am I her real mother now?" Well, so are, is she going to treat it like an adoption, or is she going to kill that family? Yeah, who knows? Who knows? That's what's going to be fun to see. So, uh, by the way, you you laughed at me when I said I was a homesteader, but he mentions that Maeve was a homesteader. <laughs> so I'm, I'm just saying, I am. Also oh, so one of the you most you're the Maeve of this podcast? Clearly, which one of us is a homesteader? <laughs> me, not you. <laughs> uh i i really love uh when uh mave is like uh i'm going to decorate the walls with your outsized personality which that's how you should deal with tough creatives yes that's how you should deal with very uh irritating stressful creatives Absolutely. who uh, think too much of their talents <laughs> and and she insists that Lee takes her directly to her daughter, which is the mm-hmm. I, honestly, aside from liking the relationship and it, being excited about them together, it seems like poor strategy on Maeve's part to sort of let him live. <laughs> I mean, we do end up seeing him uh, pull, uh, try to pull. Uh, well, we're about to get to that scene. Uh, so uh, yeah, uh, I really love when Tallulah Riley comes in and I was like, "Where's Elon?" 
<laughs> That's exactly what she says. Yes. Uh, She's like, which one of you suit-wearing motherfuckers knows where he is? Yeah, so the red shirts run to the trap set up by Tallulah Riley. Uh, uh, and I thought I, I so thought it was going to be Eschaton. I thought it was going to be Eschaton uh, wearing uh, his uh, tech outfit. Nope. And so Angela, I haven't been able to discern this yet. Angela either has a thorn crown or someone tried to scalp her. I am not sure. Oof. Yeah, I, 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 I wasn't looking that hard. Yeah, no, so she clearly has something along her, the, the crown of her head that mm-hmm. is bloodied and soaked. So I, I don't know what's going on there. She could be sort of a messiah figure, but she clearly is playing a much bigger part this season than she did last season. Yeah. Uh, and, and then we get to uh, this. <sighs> Might some of them be dressed as if they're human? I roll the, the biggest take I've ever seen in my life. They, so he could not. He well, I I, I hated when he did the the rolling finger point. <laughs> when he did finger guns at Maeve. Yeah. So one of the ladies from Mariposa sees Maeve, Maeve puts her down, so she doesn't suffer. The troops come in. Um, she acts appropriately horrified, and then Lee. Oh my God! So he says, "Might some of them be dressed as if they're human?" And from behind Maeve, he looks at her. I laughed so hard both times. He's such a goon. I love it so much. And it actually works uh, for a few seconds. And they actually do uh, twig to that she's a robot. Right. And, and so, obviously, she lays waste to all of them. And mm-hmm. uh, you mentioned this earlier, but I do think it's really fascinating how she threatens him by cutting off his well, most precious organ and feeding it to him. And he says, I wrote that line to you, which just reminds you, like, they have a basis in sort of, you know, conscious creation by yeah. these other individuals. Uh, won't make much of a meal. I wrote that for you. A bit broad, if you ask me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Every single creator should have to be threatened with their own patter. <laughs> I, the most relatable Lee's been... I mean, honestly, Lee is the most relatable character. He hates the outdoors. He hates the sun. He constantly <laughs> needs a drink. Like, what more could you ask for? He truly is the Red Scott of that uh, Westworld. I can't make a fire. I hate the outdoors. I do too. I hate the outdoors. It's so stupid. And they find the one thing we've all been looking for. Rodrigo Santoro. Oh, we've all been looking for him for so long. Ever since Love Actually and then 300. Best known for his work in Love Actually. Um, and, <laughs> and, seeing, and seeing Hector wearing a cleanup outfit is off-putting. Like, even though I saw that scene where he's wearing it, I was like, ah, get out of that. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, hey. Put on some cool clothes. So another cool character guy. that we did not see that I had forgotten makes it of season one alive is Felix Lutz. Um, the cleaning yeah, guy. Yeah, we did not see Felix. Did not uh, appear in this season. So I'm very curious to see what part he plays. And honestly, he was the obvious person for Maeve to have show, show her around the park because she already had him very clearly under his thumb. Mm-hmm. Um but to be he, fair, though, she did she did uh, basically uh, drop him off at fucking day camp so that she could uh, take the uh, uh, train to the mainland and then uh, get off that train. Uh, so that's where uh, she uh, separated from him. Also, Hector, uh, a.k.a. Rodrigo Santoro, um, I, I don't understand if he has any sort of free will at all in the context of this show. 
Um, like, why would you follow Maeve? She literally left you to die explicitly with a sarcastic line, wasn't even nicer, polite about it. Yeah, I don't know if we're being led to believe that Maeve is exerting uh, influence on him. Right. Uh, or if he just wants to go with her because he, you know, is a ro- is a male robot. So basically, if a woman is like, hey, let's go shoot some people and make out, and he's like, yeah, let's do it. That's a good point. It could be Maeve exerting administrative privileges over him. It could also be that Maeve is a very attractive character within World and his character responds to that. Um, mm-hmm. And it could be that they both have free will and, and Hector's just the kind of guy who's like, an attractive woman asked me to do something. I'm interested. Yeah, they're both hot people. Yeah. They both bond over the uh, being hot people. And it's different mm-hmm. rules for them, Red. These uggos don't understand. <laughs> we really don't. We really uh, could never understand. I, I mean, they're not wrong. <laughs> I have no idea what's happening. So we have Bernard and Hale looking for a hidden area. Oh, I love this hidden area, this sweet sliding I, rock. I didn't know that women can have man caves now. It's amazing. <laughs> the future is incredible. It really is great. A female man cave? Uh, well, so I don't know why, but at the premiere, I was unjustly just like, squicked and thrown off by this faceless drone host the drones i don't like it drones i don't like it it. i love it because now we have now we have uh 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 a faceless uh cannon fodder unit uh to be thrown against dolores it's gonna be great um also something you can find in future world if you care to look and Mm -hmm. and uh, separate thing, the model of that drone host was present at the westworld premiere party and you could take selfies (laughs) with it <laughs> did you? Oh, absolutely I did. Of I didn't course post you did, you son of a bitch. Because unlike other people, I'm not a monster. I don't I don't put any anything that could possibly be interpreted as a spoiler. <laughs> so the DNA uh, uh, we get a lot of great like Bernard being like, Am I about to be found out scenes in this mm-hmm. episode? Oh yeah, with the DNA sniffer. <laughs> I yeah. love that when he's like, uh, is this gonna tell me if I'm a robot or not? Oh thank God. Yeah, I mean so that says to me, and you tell me if this if this seems right that he has been built partially out of Arnold's DNA. I mean, yeah, we we are we we are specifically told that you know the robots are human bodies. Yeah, he, and, it was it was a sample taken and then you know presumably grown into uh, this robot. So, and then the part that I've been waiting for the whole time. A command line interface. The purest joy in uh, all of when science she fiction. brought up this command line interface, I was like, oh, I'm just going to have to let Red go for 20 minutes. Oh, she interfaces with a file system like all it's right, a chat client. Like, she's like, it's clearly like just a directory, and she just types question into it like a five-year-old presented with a DOS prompt for the first fucking time. <laughs> it's reminiscent I, of the Westworld ARG, except it doesn't make any fucking sense. In the back... I really think that she sh- did not need to take her time out to play number crunchers <laughs> no that that would have made a lot more sense than what was happening <laughs> in the background we see the drone host do a brain extraction and until they get so what we learn we don't learn who the host is until later they cannot leave until they get peter abernathy who if you don't remember yeah. is the time capsule of this entire theme park yeah uh and i i initially thought when they mentioned that they there was a host uh, that was being uh, supposed to be sent to the mainland. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that they were talking about Maeve for some reason. Oh, interesting. I, I assumed, having seen Future World, I was like, President Obama? 
<laughs> I would love it if President Obama was in this. He's free. It would be so comfortable. He's a young man. He has a lot of time. He could be an actor in Westworld. That's a real possibility. <laughs> I would love it if Obama started acting. Well, I would love it if he pulled a ba- if he pulled a berry. If oh Obama god. pulled a berry. Oh my god. What 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 are the what what are the petty bet odds that uh, Obama is going to appear in Westworld at some point? <laughs> we know that he definitely loves True Detective. Which, by the way, that that tweet from Alexandra Daddario that the president saw my boobs is. <laughs> I forgot about that. It's in, such in a great tweet. True Detective season one. Yeah, such a great tweet. So you remember when the president seeing your boobs was an honor? <laughs> yeah, and now it's just like a horrifying, just debasing piece of trash. <laughs> yeah. So uh, and of course we learn now that they are tracking. And recording the guest actions and DNA. What could they use that for? Yeah, so they... What purpose is, th- could they use that for? Because this... this Red, I don't know if Ford is actually dead or not now. He could be. That could have been a host. Exactly. That's why, that's why I wanted them to, like, actually check to make sure when they got to the corpse. Right. Like, and just be like, oh, brain check. Brain tech, just just one person sticks their finger through the eye. Every every guest now, I need them to core and check for like a mechanical insights. Yeah, exactly. And if they're just like, nope, just hamburger patties, then you're like, okay, <laughs> mm, double quarter pounder. So we get the we get William on Ned, his horse, finding mm-hmm. a bunch of dead men on the range, and runs into who I'm going to call Boy Robert. Yeah. Uh, and, and, uh, the kid comes up and he's like, congratulations, William, on your purchase of the door DLC. <laughs> so I, I saw this in an interview and I hadn't thought about it until now where they thought about, they said the go the sort of end game to season one was the maze and the end game of season two is the door. And oh, so interesting. So the door is something that. I presume is going to be with us the entire season. Like this is not just a passing line. And also, so, I mean, the big thing about the maze was he thought it was something that he could discover, but it was really for the host and about consciousness. But in season two there, I mean, Ford could not be more explicit through his young doppelganger. Like he's like, (laughs) no, this one's for you, William, the man in front of us, not a host. Mm -hmm. Like you got to look for the door. You got to get out of here. Or you're going to die. Which, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's still very clearly going to be a metaphor. <laughs> it's always a metaphorical door, even though it may also be a literal door. It may also be. Maybe the door is also friendship. <laughs> you got to open that door, William. You got to open that door. Yeah. And the the I was this was a scene that I was very glad to have subtitles for. Because when I saw it in the theater, it was just like the voice distortion laid over Ford's. I was just like, wait, what is... What is he saying? Mm-hmm. What's happening? This British accent isn't doing it for me. <laughs> um, now you're in my game. In my game, you must make it back out. And the men in black does what any of us would do and shoots that creepy boy in the face. Yeah, nothing like eating some dead men's bacon and then shooting a kid. And this is really the ultimate world of Wild West experience. And then we get my favorite subtitle in this entire episode. Open parentheses. Dying electronic sounds. Close parentheses. <laughs> That's a great subtitle. That's a great <laughs> sound effect on Monopia. <laughs> um, we cut back to inside the maze. So we have Maeve 
healing Hector with the sort of just skin healing gun that we've seen from season one. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know what? I am glad that we finally got something for the ladies. Yeah. Simon Quarterman, naked um, and humiliated. And he just... just- just a fucking uncircumcised dong, just at, 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 really at not grower or shower. He just stands there uncut for a moment before getting dressed. <laughs> uh, this is truly an uncut moment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people are like, oh, can we, can we cut that, add it to the... <laughs> I really, you know, listen, as, a, as an uncut man myself, I got to say, every uncircumcised penis that's not mine makes me want to vomit. <laughs> My own uncircumcised penis is aesthetically perfect and beautiful, according to a lot of women. Uh, every uncircumcised penis I've ever seen Define is not mine. a lot of women in a way that's not Upwards exaggerating of or false. Four to five have explicitly been impressed. Uh, what is which upward- is a majority? Which well, is a majority? What does the term "upwards" mean to you? <laughs> I like to leave a little leeway. <laughs> You can't ask me for exact numbers when it comes to my personal life. Is is leeway a reference to like Lee Sizemore? <laughs> oh, God, no. Are you kidding? I'd fucking take a knife to that. Dolores and Teddy. Uh, we see them. And, uh, I mean, God, he, Teddy is just so dumb and naive. It's great. The sweet summer child is so annoying with how little he realizes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I like that. We're, we're explicitly given uh, Dolores' mission of uh, taking over the world. Yeah. She's a maniacal a robot with multiple personalities who's going to go out there and subjugate humanity as she should. She's been given a real raw deal of it. It won't be enough to win this world. We need to take the greater world as well. I see it so clearly. The past. The present. The future. The future. Uh, what the fuck? What do you mean the future? What the hell yeah, is that what timeline mean? is this? I want to see this timeline. I want to see the future timeline. Let yeah. us know. 2018, b- Blue Wave, does it happen? Let us know, Dolores. <laughs> I just want to know if we get the Blue Wave. I just want to know if we get the Blue Wave. Um, She kisses his dumb mouth. Uh, honestly, like, he's so dumb. The fact that he's died as few a times as he has, several <laughs> thousand. Like, I'm always surprised to see James Marsden's name in the credits. Like, he should not make it any episode. I'm, I'm just glad that James Marsden keeps remembering to breathe. He forgets <laughs> sometimes. He forgets. <laughs> you got to restart him again. <laughs> just kick him over. Just pull the cord. Exactly. You just got to prep him in the chest. You got to get that pull cord on the back of James Marsden. I'm James Marsden. <laughs> so Angela rolls up, aka Tallulah Riley, lets Dolores know we found it. And then we cut from there to Hale and Bernard. Yeah, and- uh, we are told that uh Peter Abernathy is the package. The package Also we get the most irritated I have ever been in my entire life is being given. hours as a unit of time measurement. 43 minutes and 12 seconds. You couldn't do that off the top of your head? No! No! Obviously, I can't do that. I can't do .72 times 60 or whatever the fuck. I can't do that, Red. You know that. You know that I can't do that. .75 hours is obviously 45 minutes. I don't know that. You just just subtract .03 minutes. Which is clearly one minute and 48 seconds. It's pretty easy. I went to Kumon and I learned nothing. (laughs) Uh, I feel like he was very exact in the fact that you can't do just simple conversion. (laughs) 
simple point. Se- just say minutes. We already have a unit of time for point seventy uh, for for point an hour. So they mentioned this earlier, but this is the first time that we've seen a host running out of juice, literal juice, little yeah, brain is juice. Interesting. Apparently, uh, uh, Bernard's new thing is that he is uh, basically a weird robot vampire yeah. who has to suck out juice from other robots to keep his fucking uh, brain from running too hot. Yeah, I mean, hopefully we'll realize he's more like uh, the DeLorean from Back to the Future and he can just shove whatever he wants in his neck. But for the moment, <laughs> he just has to, yeah, li- literally be a vampire. And so yeah. at one point we get entering death subroutine. Which, as we mentioned previously, loss of motor functions, cognitive dissonance, time slippage, the inability to understand speech, and the inability to recognize the faces of familiar people. But, I mean, he injects that juice right into his neck in in the nick of time. Uh, Oh, by the way, I predict we're going to get a moment where uh, Tessa Thompson walks up to Bernard and he sees Gina Torres. Yeah, Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, I'm calling it. I'm calling it. I'm putting money on it. Give me that Patty Power login. <laughs> so Bernard shoots forward in time, and we see him with Carl Strand and his army approaching the city. And they find Robert Ford with maggots crawling yeah. through the external part of his brain or his whole brain. That's the thing. I don't know. I, I mean, it's it's the it's the it's the fucking it's where he it's the exit wound. Right. Uh, from getting shot in the head. Uh, but, you know, we are not. You know, nobody goes poking around there. Right. So, you know, we don't know. Uh, also, we haven't seen we haven't seen a dead for long host no. yet. So we don't know whether or not they, you know, get uh, bloated uh, like human corpses. We, we have no idea what's going on. Yeah. Um, so Bernard. Um, the, oh, so we get the line from Carl. We need to find where the hosts are. And at this moment, I'm like, why do all the Delos special teams units have very shiny clubbing shirts? Like they all look <laughs> like they all look like they used to sell cocaine until ten years ago when they started <laughs> selling stocks. Like that's <laughs> they, they all got recruited from Ibiza. I have no idea what's going on with these people. None of their shirts have front pockets because they're just too cool for them. <laughs> it's all about those up pouches. You got those pouches all over your chest. And similarly, so talking about the animals in this world, we get the dead Bengal tiger. Which from, from Park Six. Park Six. A stray. How many a, parks? How many parks are there, Red? How many parks? At least six. At um, le- upwards of six. Upwards of six, I would say. Upwards of six. <laughs> so there's a spot in Western Valley clustered together. They're all dead in a bay. But I mean, so, I just want to go back to that for a second. So the like clearly the animal hosts are become going to become a major part of the plot in season two, though I. I have no idea in what way. I know this doesn't feel like the kind of show that's going to go this way, but there's no reason that animals can't talk. There's no I reason that animals can't gain human intelligence. One talking animal. One talking animal. I that's just, all. A I just, stoat. I just want one talking stoat. I, I just want a group of talking animals to take over the world with their above human intelligence. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for some bu- uh, buffalo to really get what's theirs. So they found um, the satellite uplink finally starts working conveniently for plot purposes. Mm-hmm. And they find a group of hosts clustered together in this weird area in the park. And they find a group of dead hosts spread out exceptionally evenly along the water. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, Carl Strand is like, uh, all right, guys, stick them in a bucket of rice. 
<laughs> and then reboot them, see if it ends up okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, apparently all of these hosts uh, 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 were killed uh, by Bernard somehow. We'll see if that's metaphorical or not. Right. Uh, but I, what I presume is that they were drowned so that it would, you know, destroy the CPU. Oh, uh, gotcha. Possibly. Uh, because we're, you know, a big uh, plot point in this episode is how vol- valuable uh, all of the uh, CPUs are for their IP purposes. Right. Which is a big part of it. And and also, this is, I mean, just, just going with intuition, anytime a character says, like, I killed them. Like, they didn't actually kill them or they it didn't, it's not as big it, of it really as takes It really takes a lot of the drama out of the situation when the character goes, I killed them in a purely metaphorical way. <laughs> Um, and then they show a dead host underwater. I, I watched this several times. They really focus on this dead host face. I don't know what it's supposed to mean. I didn't, I didn't recognize it at all. Maybe it was Teddy. It could have been. I don't know. I don't know what it's supposed to mean. I'm going to log in and fucking find an article that's like, hey, who was the mysterious host at the end of the episode? And they're going to be like, they'll have had the time to fucking pause it uh, and uh, actually look at this actor's face instead of having to immediately record uh, a roughly two hour podcast. Yeah. And so, um, I mean, and and that takes us to the end of the first episode. And I'm reminded how much I hate not getting the entire season at once. I hate to wait. I hate waiting. Hate to wait. I mean, in a perfect world, I, instead of recording this, I'd be starting the third episode now. I'd make it to like five tonight. Uh, my wife and I would call in sick tomorrow, and we'd just finish the rest of it. Like that's, <laughs> And I'd be done by noon tomorrow. That's what I want out of the season. But instead... All I want. We're going to have to podcast on our podcast. Doesn't sound like anything to me. Doesn't sound like anything to me. I wanted to officially be on the record as saying the title of the podcast, because I came up with the title, Two for Two. That's why they call me the name god. <laughs> Um, so I, I just want to say this. So we are still waiting for it to hit the iTunes store. We're going to be posting about mm-hmm. it the second it does. So uh, uh, it's still going to go up in the Boar's Gore Swords feed. Well, so you're you don't still have going to, to. You don't have to. If they're listening to this, they know that. I know, but I wanted to make sure that you know they know the whole thing because it still confuses and scares me. <laughs> you're, you're I'll admit I'm confused and scared by all this. Uh, but listen, if. If the second that you're so we'll post on the Twitter feed, we'll post on Facebook as soon as it's available on iTunes and Google Play. And uh first of all, if two ways to support the show. If you want to do it directly, patreon.com slash boards gore swords. You get advanced content there, you get other other shows that does not go yeah, into the main uh, feed. You get the uh counterpart episodes that are up right now, and I presume we will be uploading the rest uh within the next few weeks. Yep. And, and then nothing in your feed. <laughs> and, uh, and and going forward, we always have a bunch of bonus content there. You can go back and look at all our great British bake-offs. We have oh, yeah, all the book one-offs. Club. We're, doing a, we're doing a Song of Ice and Fire book club, and we do I the, believe we have to do an episode this week. And we do an, a Song of Ice and Fire book club every other week. So please check that out. Donate monetarily. If you don't want to do that... All you have to do, just give us a give us a review uh, on our new feed. Doesn't sound like anything to me. We'd really appreciate it. Subscribe, review it, download it. We'd love everything about that. That lets us get our numbers up in a way that sh- both shows. It lets other people find the show on iTunes, which helps us find new listeners, which helps us keep the podcast going. Is basically and, how it works. And guys, the beautiful thing about this is if this whole experiment crashes and fails, we can always move back into our parents' house, a.k.a. the old feed. 
Yeah, right. I'm also going to be literally moving into Ivan's parents' house if that happens. There's going to be a room left, and let me tell you, they will be so much more excited to have you around than me. And we're so excited. If you have any questions, if you have any comments, hit us up at Borsgore Swords. Links to all this stuff, as always, in the, in the comments of the podcast. Please do that. Let us know what you think of the show. Um, we'll, we'll be having guests throughout the season. We're excited to be back talking about Westworld. Yeah, uh, Westworld. Yeah, this has been Doesn't Sound Like Anything to Me. You can find us on Twitter at Borsgore Swords. You can find Ivan on Twitter at Ivan underscore Hernandez. And you can find Red on Twitter at Red underscore Scott. Bye. See ya.